0: so with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode, and I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Amadi Koond, Austin Allred, Leah Culver, we have great interviews, so check it out, enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, we are here um, with uh, the Seed Scout community and a very, 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 knowledgeable guest uh, with us. Uh, Dwayne, can you please introduce yourself and kind of tell us a little bit about you before we dive into all things business development?
1: 100%, uh, thanks, for, thanks for taking the time everyone. Um, so I'm Dwayne, uh, formerly my, I guess my title is a account executive. Um, I've worked at various startups, uh, some mostly YC startups, um, uh, Lambda School, Truebill, um, I did a stint in venture capital working at a comp company who was previously Earnest Capital um, and um, some other startups I've worked at are uh, Panther and I currently work at Pesto. Um, I'd say my expertise is primarily in the hiring slash talent realm, but um, I I used to run a newsletter that met so nicely acquired, Um, and now I'm working on something new where I'm doing some analysis into early stage startups, and it's coming soon, early 2022, Uh, but that's, that's pretty much who I am.
0: Okay, so you have a lot of experience with startups. Like you've, you've yeah. been on uh, you know, the kind of investor side of the table for a bit. You've been on the operator side of the table for, for a majority of your time and you've seen a lot. Um, so I think my first question for you is going to be when you get involved uh, with a new startup, like when you first started at Lambda School, you first started at Panther, when you first started at you know, Pesto or all these different companies, what do you do like like what is like the first thing or the first like three things that you do to kind of like get acclimated to a startup environment and just kind of like mentally prepare yourself for the short term or long-term roller coaster that's about to kind of come?
1: hundred percent um so I think uh, I like to use p marker's uh, framework he has this idea that every essentially, uh, every opportunity has a risk and reward portfolio. So the first thing I like to do is try to analyze the risk and rewards of any opportunity. Um, As you know, working at a startup, it's it's a very risky thing to do. Um, It's much safer to go work at a big technology company and you'll be much more comfortable, you'll be financially stable and things of that nature. Um, But me personally, I don't thrive in those environments. Uh, I thrive in, uh, you know, early stage environments where things are a bit more risky. Things are, you you can learn much at a much faster rate and a much faster pace. Um, You work very closely with um, the founding team if you aren't a part of the founding team. And so I'd say uh, what I primarily look for is really analyzing that risk reward portfolio.
0: And for, um, I can't speak on your current role, but you obviously can because you're you're doing it. But I know for your last two roles at startups or your last, you know, bunch of roles, you know, Lambda School and Panther, uh, if I remember correctly and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were in like a sales BD kind of like growth uh, capacity. Um, If you can kind of um, explain like, You know, if you can, whether it's about both of the roles or just one of the roles, what does that even mean at like a super early stage startup? And, you know, obviously Panther is a different stage from Lambda School. One's, you know, much bigger than the other. So like, does that change the activities you spend time on as like a growth person, talent person, BD person?
1: Yeah. So um, it doesn't change the activities that I do. Um, I think to kind of take a step back a bit, uh, essentially what sells in business development, uh, is, is you know, it's the uh, process of uh, getting customers and generating revenue for a business. Um, so by working on sales, you are literally making the money for the company. And so um, that's what I was doing in, in both roles. And uh, yes, Lambda School is, was at a later stage than, than Panther, um, but the processes and things of that nature were the same. Um, at Panther, I was responsible for essentially getting our first, you know, uh, 20, 50 customers um, at Lambda School processes were already in place, where um, it was more so upselling existing customers, of course generating new business, but more so focused on uh, the enterprise side. But um, uh, I'd like to say, if since I'm speaking to you know a founder audience, um, my primary you know focus was getting us from zero dollars to you know 100 hundred and hundred thousand
0: hundred thousand dollars in ARR. So, so as a Kind of very early, um, kind of a business development growth person, and I do want to move on. You said a lot of your time is spent with talent too, so I want to talk about that as well. But I guess specifically in Panther, because I mean they were they were like OG forward thinking city community, which was the precursor to Seed <laughs> Scout. Like Matt, you know, I mean it's it's like Matt Redler, right? I'm curious yep. if you can kind of. From your perspective, you know, of uh, uh, being the one that was hired and brought on and, and you know, led BB or, you know, these, these early customer kind of acquisitions, what did you like? How did you even know what to do as the first person that Matt brought on to like close the customers? Um, like were you given a playbook? Did you have to make a playbook? Is it too early for a playbook? I guess tell me a little bit more about the you know the first two, three, four months at Panther, which is you know kind of the stage a lot of these founders are are at right now.
1: Yeah, so I definitely wasn't given a playbook. Um, uh, at the time I joined Panther, uh, the company was solely focused on founder-led sales. So Matt was primarily, you know, conducting all of the early sales conversations and closing some of the earlier deals. Um, my job was pretty much to allow Matt to focus more so on strategy, on fundraising, and everything that necessarily didn't have to do with sales. So um, you know, first I wanted to understand. Who, who are our current customers? Um, who were customers that you know may not have worked out and uh, what processes do we have in place? Uh, when I came, we didn't have anything. It was more so just you know figure it out as you go. Um, and you know you built processes while you also built the customer base and, and close some of those earlier deals. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely uh, not easy in those early days, but uh, it was fun you know uh, learning the value proposition, communicating that. And uh, solving problems for prospects.
0: And you mentioned just a little bit ago that um, although the companies were at different stages um, for the first two, then I do want to hear because I'm not familiar with what you're doing now, so I kind of want to hear your experience with that as well. Um, but I guess right before then, you know, although Lambda School, which is now um, Bloom and uh, um, Panther, were at different stages, your activities were pretty pretty similar. Can you kind of, that's kind of counterintuitive to me as someone who's just kind of guess what it's like to have growth teams and, and business development teams. How were they the same from your perspective if like the stages were different?
1: Yeah, I'd say they were the same in in my day-to-day activity, in the sense of my day-to-day activities. Um, So in both cases, I played more of a full stack role. Um, Generally, in more experienced companies, you have a clear differentiation from uh, an SDR and an account executive. An SDR is responsible for finding prospects and uh, essentially landing the first meeting. And the account executive is responsible for conducting that meeting, closing the deal, and then managing that. and so I'd say they were they were the same in the sense that I was doing all of those things at both companies um, from start to finish, so end to end. Yeah.
0: Cool. So now um, I'll just kind of leave it kind of open because I'm not I'm not sure um, you know I have no insight into kind of what you're currently doing, but you ultimately have left. Um, you, you're you're doing different things now. You're not doing, you're not at Panther, you're not at Lambda School, you're doing new stuff. So kind of walk us through what you're up to now and maybe how your experience at like, you know, Lambda um, and or Panther has informed like kind of where you're at now.
1: Yeah, so like I said, my entire career has been, you know, based around this idea of, of a globally distributed talent and, and how valuable they are. So um, what I... Currently I was the, uh, I am the first sales hire at a company called Pesto and uh, what we do here at Pesto is we focus on finding the best developers in, in the Indian market today. Um, we focus on finding them. We focus on upskilling them in things like uh, soft skills such as you know communication, uh, remote working abilities, things of that nature. And uh, we help them land jobs. Uh, I'd say the key differentiator from this and other boot camps, as well as uh, my previous experience with Lambda, is that um, we're solely focused on experienced developers. Um, and so, I'd say my understanding of learning what it takes to, uh, you know, find great talent and upskill them. is It's where the Lambda experience helped me with. And then Panther helped me on the operational aspect of like, how do I build um, a processes, a sales processes from scratch at a new organization? Um, and so that's how those two kind of meshed and uh, led me to my current opportunity.
0: And you touched on something I think really important there that is overlooked by most founders, including myself, which is the idea of a uh, like processes and documentation. Um, if you can go a little deeper into, it could be any of your roles that you've done, but how should a founder think about processes for business development? And at what point is it on the founder to hire the person to build the processes? Or is it up to the like like just I know you're no you're on the operator side, but if you have kind of a perspective from your experience, how should founders, early stage founders, think about documentation and when to do it and when to hand it off to a first hire?
1: Yeah, so um I think uh I think founders should start with founder-led sales almost all the time, um at least in the at least in the early days. Um I would say this because, uh, as a founder, I understand you have, you know, bandwidth. Your bandwidth constrained. But before you bring on an outside hire, you should know enough about your product and enough about your market, as well as en- enough about your uh, your processes to essentially be able to delegate to someone effectively. Um, if you don't, um, you know, someone's going to come in and not really know what to do um, and how to essentially grow the company. And so. Um, if if you are bandwidth constrained the processes can actually help because uh, there are automations that can be set in place for you to you know set up email sequences to be sent out to potential prospects and things of that nature and you can always you know outsource you know lead generation and things of that nature uh while still you know remaining the founder and you know focusing on other priorities before you you know bring someone on full time so i think uh, it's really just understanding uh, what you need to set in place because every company is a bit different it depends if you know your b2b b2c um, it, it does matter but at the end of the day you want to be the one uh, that is as knowledgeable about your processes as possible
0: and kind of uh, slightly off topic but but i'm curious like you've also alongside your kind of i guess maybe full-time career of like you know being in these operator roles you've also kind of had this creator side of what you're doing like you had the newsletter right which i don't even know how that ended up happening <laughs> but i totally like we, we you know we figured out a formula like we acquired it for a price we agreed on which was hilarious um and yeah. awesome i thought that that was a cool experience i enjoyed it yeah. um figuring out That's fine. you know how that worked but now you're back right you're like now doing some some more creator stuff so I guess there's two questions here. One, what leads uh, kind of leads you to do the, the creator things on the side? Is it related to your main job or do you just do it because you, you love it and it, this is the world we live in? And I, actually, I'll start there. I mean, tell me, tell me like you got this side stuff that you love doing, like newsletters. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah.
1: So um, I think I've always been uh, interested in, you know, starting something. Uh, whether it's, you know, a project, a company, a newsletter, whatever it may be. Um, but w- what really led me to, I guess, starting a newsletter was trying to scratch my own itch of uh, just being curious. I think it's my way of, of uh, learning about founders, learning about problems, learning about, um, you know, solutions that people are working on um, to these problems. And so that's, that's primarily why, why I started the newsletter. And uh, it's just based on my natural you know, curiosity. Outside of that, Um, you know, I'm an art collector. And so I just hear a lot about uh, the creative side about people's lives. And I felt as though I was missing that aspect in my life. So uh, this is my way to tap into that as well.
0: Fantastic. Well, I have a couple more questions. And then if any of the live audience um, has any questions, feel free to put it in the chat. And I'm happy to answer those. Um, But for, for my last few is If you were to, you know, have, you know, Austin or Matt or the founder of of Pesto, not not familiar with their name, kind of in this room, and you kind of were able to like give them some feedback or advice on, hey, like, you know, here's some things that would make My life is is you know my job better and help me make more money for the company. What would that be? I guess a less you know a weird a less weird way to ask the question is what would you tell a founder to make sure they're doing the best job they can to support a business hire a business development leader.
1: That's a great question. Um, I, I think something I I would tell you know a person in a position of of I guess that statue is to really. Um, you know, have conversations with your teammates to understand what are the biggest, um, if 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 you have teammates, uh, the biggest you know pain points that they're currently facing, um, and what they could do to address those pain points. Um, I think in some cases founders can be a little, if if they're so focused on high level things, they can be a little detached from uh, the low level day to day minutiae that happen within the business. So just being more in touch with. The people who are helping you build the company um that's something that i would i
0: would say all right and i think for for my last question and then we, we can go off record and kind of keep chatting more casually but my last question is what is the 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 kind of most important thing that you've learned in the last um 10 like five years 10 years of your tech career it could be about bd could be about something completely unrelated but what is the biggest learning so far on your journey
1: yeah, I'd say. Um, well, it's, it's so many. Um,
0: you mention a few say, if you want. If you <laughs> want to mention like a couple, you totally can.
1: Yeah, no. Um, something that I've I've learned a lot, and something that I've just kind of been internalizing is that um, just learning about your customer and really building the importance of relationship building with uh, you know with the customers. You know, I've recently you know come to a place with customers where you know we're texting back and forth i've been invited to certain events and you know things of that nature and if if you're building a business it's so valuable to have people like that who are willing to you know use try out your product use your product buy your product and really be your supporters from day one and so I know it's, it's super hard to do because it's not scalable, but really, you know, taking time to um, build a relationship with the people who will, uh, you know, be your customers for life. You know, I think that that's something that I've learned and it's something that I've been experiencing over every single uh, opportunity that I've been a part of.
0: All right, well, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your knowledge um, from your perspective as kind of a business development leader in early stage uh, startups. Um, if you're listening to this on YouTube or a podcast, this was part of a, a Seed Scout fireside chat. If you're interested as a founder to kind of sit in on these live and ask questions yourself, just check out SeedScout.com. And Dwayne, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I am so kind of excited to see the progress and just kind of what you're doing and looking forward to following the journey over the next five years. <laughs> Thanks for Thanks coming. So much, Matt.
1: I appreciate it.